Greetings and welcome to another edition of AUHSD Future Talks. I'm your host, Michael Matsuda, superintendent of the Anaheim Union High School District. And as our 7,000 plus podcasters know that this show is dedicated to the future of education, the future of jobs, the future of our community in greater Anaheim. And we've been so lucky to have amazing, amazing people from amazing students and teachers to college presidents. And our current guest is a chancellor, the new chancellor of the North Orange County Community College District, Dr. Byron Clift Breland. Dr. Breland, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Michael. It's my, my pleasure to be here um, and, and certainly an honor uh, to be working alongside you and other other great committed educators uh, in Orange County. Yes, and as uh, sort of someone, well, you're not, you're kind of new and you're old and you're new to Orange County, but tell us a little bit about your journey because, you know, uh, you are a uh, ch- chancellor from San Jose Evergreen Community College, and for our listeners, I mean, that's the Silicon Valley, so I'm a very high-end area and uh, you are um, really when I first met you I was uh, really blown away because you're relatively young to be a chancellor and this is like what your your third chancellor gig already and and that says a lot about your leadership and your innovation and your uh, record of getting amazing things done in a very, very short time. So tell us a little bit about your life, uh, Byron. Yeah, thank, thank you so much. And I, I appreciate, you know, that, that acknowledgement. You know, I've been very fortunate and blessed to have, you know, come across uh, people who shared uh, the same vision. We may able to do some great work together throughout my career. And, you know, I, you mentioned that I'm kind of old but new. I think that's a great way to describe it. Um, you know, I, uh, spent my life, uh, most of my life actually growing up uh, on the East Coast. I came out to California uh, mid-90s to open up a residential college um, of a strong background in working with students and student life, uh, working in areas of uh, student support, um, student housing, uh, disability support services, academic support services. And, you know, I have originally uh, trained as a psychologist. So that is my background. You know, my, my PhD is as a, in psychology, counseling psychology. Uh, I started off working in the four-year system, uh, actually over at the UC Irvine a uh, number of years ago. Uh, and then I discovered what a career meant uh, or could be in community colleges, California community colleges to be specific. I uh, was fortunate to get a position uh, as an associate dean at Santa Ana College uh, as my first a position in community colleges, they're working, you know, to serve uh, that community. Uh, learned a lot um, about uh, uh, immigration, uh, the importance of education, the importance of involving the entire community, uh, in educating our children, uh, as well as uh, getting them ready for jobs, which is what, what they wanted. They wanted uh, social mobility, uh, a better life, and looking at uh, students who traditionally come from underrepresented communities, uh, this is the uh, area I wanted to commit um, my life to serving uh, in my profession. 
I had no idea, you know, that I could even go into community college, as I mentioned before, uh, and think about becoming a college president um, and, as you mentioned, the chancellor uh, in Silicon Valley. And I got additional opportunities to work uh, to develop the Long Beach College Promise uh, with that team some years ago, uh, which has gone on to become a national model. Um, so I'm proud of, of uh, anything that I lent to the um, development of that uh, back early on in my career. Uh, and then got an opportunity to move to uh, San Jose, uh, where I served as president for five years and then as chancellor for uh, about four years uh, before then coming back <laughs> to Orange County uh, in my current role as chancellor. And I think the other piece to mention about the old but new theme that you mentioned is that I, I do feel uh, a sense of renewal. Uh, and that as we've emerged from this uh, pandemic, and some many will say we've not emerged, uh, but as we start to see uh, what education looks like and needs to be in order to help people get through these very tough times, you know, we we saw a very clear divide uh, over the last two years of the haves and the have-nots. Uh, we had one uh, portion of society moving very sharply in one direction and another portion moving very sharply in the other, uh, creating a tremendous divide and, of course, uh, setting us up for what needs to be a committed, intentional approach to how we educate communities, how we retrain the workforce, uh, how we build sustainable training mechanisms throughout the, the ecosystem uh, that involves uh, better professional development uh, for our, our teachers, uh, for our faculty and staff, uh, as we continue to build those bridges uh, throughout the educational pipeline that are going to be supportive of students, all students, uh, in particular those uh, who are from uh, minoritized backgrounds, uh, Latinx, uh, African-American, uh, Native American, Indigenous, API, et cetera, student population, uh, who we continue to see disproportionate outcomes uh, and inequitable outcomes in terms of their ability to access higher education, uh, complete higher education, and then to move on into the workforce uh, where, again, that sense of upward mobility uh, is certainly uh, the goal. And I think we all need to be recommitted to that that purpose. You know, you just put a whole lot on the table there, Byron. And I, I do want to um, talk a little bit about uh, dual credit. You were really a pioneer in creating dual credit opportunities uh, for students. Um, AUHSD now leads Orange County with the NOCCD and the number of dual credit uh, students. Could you define, remind our audience, what is dual credit and why is that such a game changer and uh, for, for high school students? Yeah, so uh, thank you for, for mentioning that. That, uh, that certainly is... Uh, well, it gives a high school student a chance to be exposed um, to uh, opportunities for education, uh, to, one, build that sense of confidence that they can do college-level work. Uh, two, uh, gives them the opportunity to earn college credit. So as they complete their high school studies, they can take, you know, the sense of the dual credit. They can take a class that applies towards their high school degree, but also earns them college units or degree uh, units toward, um, you know, being able to apply uh, to their college degree. 
Uh, it saves them time. So when a student graduates uh, from high school, they can actually enter uh, college and be at a sophomore, even a junior level, depending on when they have access to that dual credit uh, offering. And we need to continue to build that out uh, because it, again, saves them time, builds confidence, uh, and really shortens in terms of the cost of attending college, which we all know have increased. And so building that partnership between unified school districts, uh, such as the Anaheim School District, Anaheim High School School District, uh, and community colleges like NOCCCD are critical uh, to continue to, to provide those pathways of opportunity for students. And in particular, focusing on dual enrollment that uh, identifies and is intentional about enrolling students who, again, have, have not been uh, traditionally attending college. Uh, and students from backgrounds where they're the first in their family to go to college, and that involves, again, a complete wraparound of support for those students, uh, a better sense of understanding of, of how to teach uh, students who have not had that sense of academic self-concept, uh, because we've learned that when they get that, they tend to excel uh, and they move on. You know, they move on through the educational pipeline with the right kind of support and encouragement. And, of course, you know, enter the workforce, uh, which, again, is the, the ultimate goal uh, for many of our students, uh, or transfer on for advanced degrees. So dual enrollment is, is really foundational uh, in terms of what we can do to prepare students from, you know, K through 8 before they even get into high school and to start to talk about that. And again, when you talk about communities of color and their lack of access to higher education, uh, this is something that we need to focus on. And I, and I believe that working with the parents and other community leaders, uh, whether it means reaching into uh, the churches, uh, the black church, reaching into the uh, communities where you have students who are attending um, work or community centers or other areas where you can find them and parents and build that capacity, uh, this is going to be key uh, for how we continue to really just get people out uh, of school uh, and prepared uh, for entering the workforce or transferring into a, a four-year institution. So again, dual enrollment is critical and I'm, I'm fully committed to uh, continue to partner and see how we can innovate in that area. Uh, but sometimes the best innovation is just continuing to push uh, and then uh, honestly demand uh, from a legislative standpoint and looking at uh, financing uh, and making sure we steer those resources to where they need to go to get more people into that pipeline. You know, I don't think our audience fully understands uh, the importance are of community college and building workforce capacity uh, with our students, um, and and could you kind of explain to them why community college is a major factor in creating these types of workforce pathways, especially uh, in areas like cybersecurity, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, biotechnology. These are three areas that we've built robust pathways with. Uh, Cypress and Fullerton College. Can you explain why, though, the role of community college in building those pathways? 
Yeah, so a uh, uh, great question, and, uh, and I think very important to clarify. For one, I mean, as a community college, uh, we are the best uh, economic, uh, economically speaking, uh, and, and also from a instructional standpoint, because that's what we focus on, teaching. And for folks to enter the higher education uh, journey. And it's also the point of entry for most students of color. Uh, again, as I mentioned, uh, cheaper in terms of cost. But we, something people didn't know and, and usually typically don't know about community colleges that, you know, it is, it is a bargain, uh, but also very much aligned with the ability to move quickly, to train uh, society, uh, our students, our communities for the jobs of the future. Uh, because we can move very quickly. Again, our focus is not on research. So we're able to pivot very quickly and meet the uh, emerging trends in the business sector. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, uh, programming, uh, cybersecurity, um, uh, some of the biosciences and health, uh, engineering or sub-engineering areas. Many people don't know that for every engineer, there are multiple uh, pre-engineering positions uh, that develop uh, individuals for engineering jobs. And we are uniquely positioned uh, to be able to do that in the communities that, that need that training uh, and can use that training. What we've been challenged with over the last couple of years is how we offer it, uh, given the fact that there, there has been a high demand for online education. And again, community colleges are, are right on the forefront of trying to figure out how uh, to develop uh, online training programs or high-flex training programs, where there's some in-person and some online, uh, in order to develop those trainings for individuals in the community. And a big part of it is the length of time. And I, and I really want to hit on that, is that, you know, you can train in a program at a community college for, let's say, 12 months, some programs are eight months or even six months, or two years, obviously, uh, to get a job uh, with a living wage, uh, that is significantly less time uh, than going into a, a traditional four-year degree and paying more money uh, to be able to do as much and, and often not having the exact type of uh, hands-on training that you would get in a career technical education uh, program at a community college. Really proud to do that. And a little feedback. We're really proud of our, our position to be able to do that. And we need to continue to work very closely with business and industry so that we can meet their needs. And I think piece is that we bring business and industry to the table and ask them, uh, what is it that, what are the skill sets that you see that are important over the next four, five, 10 years? Uh, because we do know that those skill sets are continuing to change. Uh, I think they cycle out every 18, 24 months, the workforce now is saying that all of their workers need to develop and keep their skills fresh. And so for us, it's about trying to hit the target of where it is today, but also where will it be in, as I mentioned, you know, three, five, 10 years out. And sometimes 10 might even be too far out because we've been changing so quickly as far as technology is concerned. And we really want to make sure that our communities keep up uh, with that trend uh, and be a part of that movement. And I could tell, uh many stories about our kids who are with our partnership with NOCCD having many more options. We have kids coming out of 
with a high school diploma and a few cybersecurity courses from Cypress College who are getting jobs at Hulu starting at $65,000, $70,000 with the option of, with our promise initiative with UCI of transferring in. I just spoke to a kid that uh, a few, he started at 65000 now he's making 90000 with a high school diploma. Yes, um, you're at, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it gives many, many more options. It's more nimble, and it's and it re, uh, reflects the swings and um, the job opportunities. And with now, uh, and in terms of our audience too, there parents that listen to this that you know they're focused on AP, and I don't want to disrespect our AP programs, but AP computer science is not cybersecurity. It's not the artificial intelligence, right? It's not. Uh, some of the the other cutting edge areas at community college dual credit with these professors and instructors straight out of industry can offer. So yes, it ramps up uh, the the options for young people, and I think that's that's really really powerful um, as we continue to. Because what, what I see happening, Lauren, is school is not just uh, high school; it's now. It's almost like a K-16 continuum, right? Definitely K-14 with our partnership. I wanted to quickly uh, make sure that people understood sort of the way the community colleges uh, are sort of organized because people always often ask, what is the difference between a chancellor of NOCCD and a president of Fullerton and Cyprus? Can you quickly explain what that is? Okay. Yeah, great question. Now, I mean, you know, the way we are set up uh, as a system, uh, we have 116 colleges and 73 districts in the state of California. Uh, each district, uh, either if they're a single college district, has a superintendent president, or if they are a multi-campus district or multi-college district, there is a chancellor. And so the way that we're divided at NOCCD, we have three campuses, uh, as you know, uh, North Orange Continuing Education, Fullerton College, and Cypress College. And we have a district office that sort of manages the services across that broad area. And so we all work together to meet the needs of the community. And the chancellor role uh, is one that sort of organizes, uh, is responsible for, you know, managing uh, many of the, uh, well, personnel, uh, budget and business items across district services, even though the colleges do have their own budgets, of course, um, and many of the um, legal matters uh, come to the chancellor's office. And so, you know, I've had experience, you know, at, at every level uh, throughout the system. And, uh, you know, again, to be fortunate to be in the chancellor role, uh, to, to put that experience to use and to better best serve the community uh, and to continue to, to learn and grow with the community. So, so I just want to make it clear for, for our audience, Byron, that um, because you, you're a very you're a ser- such a servant leader, but um, you're the boss. I mean, just so our audience knows, the chancellor, the chancellor's office oversees, right, in terms of governance, the, uh, right. the college presidents, and of course, you serve the uh, the, the board of trustees, um, and exactly. and it's very similar to uh, the superintendent's role with the principals. And my my job is. Uh, I, I uh, report to a board of trustees as well. So just so our audience knows that that you're 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 the big cheese, Byron. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly, but I, but you you hit on the other part too. I was, I was getting to is that we have a seven member elected board uh, representing the different areas uh, that comprise our district, our service area of North Orange County, and um, you know I report to them, uh, and then the way it's laid out is that the presidents then uh, report to me along with other additional uh, district office staff, vice chancellors, et cetera, uh, to me. And so it's, uh, you know, it's a complex system, you know, but we all work together um, and with our community partners, you know, we, we continue to evolve uh, and try to figure out what we need to do next, uh, especially, um, you know, again, coming out of the pandemic, as you mentioned before, you know, it's a very different type of work now uh, than it was a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah. And we need to continue to evolve and innovate. It is. So. You know, the governor has put out quite a budget, right, with the surplus that the state has. But the budget does have certain expectations and uh, focusing on sort of um, the uh, under um, underprivileged and some of the underperforming groups and uh, kind of wrapping up transfer expectations as well. Could you, in the uh, few one or two minutes that we do have left, could you talk a little bit about how that sort of is going to support your goals moving forward? Yeah, yeah. So, well, we, we're we fortunate. It's an interesting economy right now, as, as everyone knows. Um, you know, in uh, high rates of inflation, approaching a recession, uh, housing market, uh, prices are going through the roof, energy costs, gas, and all of these are impacting our community. Uh, but in that backdrop, we have quite a robust budget that's moving forward. And within that budget, we have opportunities to expand uh, financial aid. Uh, to students, which is one of the key things um, that we have to do uh, as far as access is concerned and addressing not just the tuition and fees, but that total cost of education, um, uh, living costs, uh, books, transportation, housing, food, et cetera, that many of our students struggle with and, and are often barriers to entry or barriers to completion. So we're, we're very grateful for that. And we also know that in the governor's budget, uh, there are additional funds that support uh, career preparation, uh, transfer, and focusing on, you know, closing equity gaps. You know, our, our California community college system is, is well aware uh, that there are those who uh, are from uh, communities that don't have a way uh, to get to college. And, and I firmly believe, and as well as many others, that, you know, the great equalizer is education and training. And if you can't get access to that, you know, the future is, is a little gloomy. Um, and so we, we want to continue to encourage folks to learn, uh, access uh, higher education and do all that we can to encourage and build that sense of confidence and that educational self-concept or academic self-concept and continue to work with the community. And so I, I think this budget gives us uh, that leeway. And we also have in the California Community College System the vision for success that was set up uh, through the chancellor's office to support increased transfer rates, uh, to support uh, in better persistence and retention, uh, particularly among those, as I mentioned before, uh, who have, have not done as well. And I think overall, the, the focus on looking at data and making sure we are you know, telling the truth about how good we're doing. Uh, revisiting that uh, and then being really unapologetic about how we approach closing those equity gaps and, and being willing to do things that are innovative and put these dollars to work that are going to try things 
that we know uh, have been successful in the past or able to scale things up. Uh, and what I what I do worry about the budget is that in a couple of years, as we move forward with all those other macroeconomic indicators, you know, it may shrink a little bit. And we've also seen our enrollment of our students go down a bit due to the high cost of living and people leaving the state of California uh, or choosing not to go into education. Uh, we, we have a huge uh, decline that we're anticipating out of K through 12. Um in terms of uh, the access uh, to students, the number is declining uh, as far as folks who will be going to college. Uh, as you as you know, enrollment has been dipping in K through 12, and I'm not sure how it's doing there in Anaheim, but we, we really need to pay attention to opening those opportunities uh, with that anticipation. I know across the system in the California Community Colleges, we have lost uh, a number of students uh, over the years. We're down about 300,000 students system-wide. Um, Below, I think we're about two million nine hundred thousand, and we we were once at um, I'm sorry one hundred eight uh, one million eight hundred thousand students uh, down from two point one million uh, just in within the last decade. So we're we're trending in that direction, uh, which tells us that we're we're going to be short on people to train uh, for those jobs of the future. Uh, if we don't continue to get them in the pipeline. But this budget gives us the opportunity to build off of things and to continue to work, but we have to do things that are sustainable fiscally, anticipating that we are going to have those cycles of ups and downs in the budget. Well, you know, um, this has been a very, very robust, interesting conversation, Chancellor, and we're so, as the largest feeder district into the North Orange County Community College District, we're so grateful to have you as a leader and as an innovator, and I know that the challenges that are ahead are difficult, but in partnership with you, I feel that on behalf of our 29,000 students and their families, that we have a bright future together. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you, thank you. It's been a pleasure to speak with you, and I, I certainly look forward to what we can continue to work on together uh, and build. Uh, to, to continue to offer these great opportunities for the folks in the community. And, uh, and again, I look forward to uh, being a great partner to Anaheim Unified School District and to you and your team.